0: Welcome to Future Focus, the UK at Expo podcast series, where throughout the world's greatest show at Expo 2020 Dubai, we'll be celebrating the best of the UK's creativity, innovation and culture with special guests offering exclusive insight into ways we can innovate for a shared future. In this episode, host Chloe Thomas speaks to Olivier Buffon, Head of International at Fair, spelt the French way F A I R E. Fair is an online wholesale marketplace that connects retailers with independent brands around the world. In a wide ranging conversation, Chloe and Olivier talk about ethical e commerce on a global scale and how supporting local businesses can fuel the growth of a new, better way of shopping online.
1: Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Future Focus UK at Expo podcast with me, Chloe Thomas, host of the award-winning e-commerce master plan podcast. Today, we're joined by Olivier Buffon, head of International at FAIR, the online wholesale marketplace. Welcome, Olivier. Thank you. You've had a fascinating career working at some amazing consumer-focused brands. So what led you to switch to the world of wholesale with FAIR?
2: Well, um, as a child, I grew up in Paris with my three sisters. Actually, we were you know, really lucky because we were in a neighborhood that was full of life. It was really a nice place to live thanks to all the local shops uh, that we had around us. A lot of small, independent boutiques uh, run by people that we knew really well. And so early on, I kind of realized how important local retail was to bring life to a a community. Later on in my life, I was also exposed to lots of small brands and small makers, mostly because uh, my wife is an illustrator and a designer, and a lot of our close friends have also started their own brands. And so there again, I've seen kind of firsthand, you know, how important it is to help uh, those independent brands gain traction and distribution. Um, And so when I first learned about FAIR, I I got very excited and uh, feel very lucky now to have joined. It's only been a few months.
1: But you're thoroughly enjoying working on the wholesale side of things.
2: Absolutely. It's been really great so far and uh, I couldn't be happier to be part of that team, but also that community.
1: And you mentioned um, that you know the, the importance of small local retailers to community, um, and that that kind of small independent retailer—they're one of the core groups that you work with at Fair. So, how have you how have you seen your platform benefit
2: them? Fair is um, is really part of this wave of businesses that have built tools and data to support the empowerment of all of those uh, smaller independent players. You know, in other words, I think we've been using technology to level the playing field and to help independent businesses compete with big chains and with big retailers. So how do we do that? The first thing that is key is that we with with FAIR, we, we offer them global distribution. So if you are a brand, through FAIR, you'll have access to hundreds of thousands of independent retailers around the world. And if you're a retailer, you get access to a unique selection of products and brands that would have been very hard to find otherwise. The second thing is that we offer a lot of unique terms to brands and retailers. So, you know, as an example, if you're a retailer, uh, we give you free returns, and that's quite essential because that that eliminates the whole risk around inventory. That allows retailers to try new products, and if they are not happy with them, if they don't sell as they wanted them to sell, they can return them for free. We also give uh, you know, credit terms. So that retailers can pay after 30 or 60 or more days after having received the goods. And I think the third thing is that we, we help uh, independent businesses with a lot of logistical and regulatory solutions, specifically in Europe, where as you know, regulation can be a bit complex and where cross border trade has become a bit more challenging in the context of Brexit. And um, we've been trying to help small retailers as much as we could uh, with things like special shipping rates that we negotiate with carriers uh, so that retailers and brands can ship with fair. We also give free duties so that borders are no longer an issue really for small brands and retailers. And the last thing is that for brands, uh, through the platform, they get access to a lot of tools uh, for their sales, for their marketing, for their analytics. And so um, it's a way for them to just grow their business and to professionalize it and hopefully focus on what they like doing most. Is creating products.
1: I love how your platform is helping both that uh, independent retailer audience, you know, in terms of giving them exciting new stock to pick from, and those amazing terms for getting it into the store, but also helping the the creators of the products in the first place. So let's let's dive a bit more into those creators because I think you know the a lot of the traditional routes to market for someone who's a designer who's an illustrator have been quite um time consuming and connect, you know needing to have the right connections and the right, know the right people and it feels to me like fair is making it a lot more of a an an open sea of opportunity i suppose for those creators is that something you'd agree with
2: yes that's absolutely right um <laughs> For brands, um, I think it's been a bit of a game changer. Again, on one hand, it helped them open their distribution around the world um, to shops that would have been very, very hard to reach otherwise. It's also a way for them to save a lot of time, given that typically they would have tried to do that physically or through trade shows. And so this way they can do it in a more digital way from their workshops or from the home and lastly a lot of new tools and uh, new analytics that are difficult to get access to as an ind- as, as an independent brand otherwise
1: you mentioned trade fairs there and i suspect those listening who are either product creators or retailers will be very familiar with events like autumn fair spring ha- spring fair and the like you know those huge huge shows which are often and historically have been make or break for businesses in terms of finding the right product or in terms of finding the right people to sell the product to. And it it also strikes me that being on a platform like yours, it kind of removes the spikiness, you know, of all your eggs being in that one basket once or twice a year and enables people to kind of like spread their connection building throughout the year.
2: I couldn't agree more Um, because I think for many, many years, the wholesale industry has really operated offline. They would meet once a year or twice a year for trade shows, and as you know, big convention centers to get inventory for the next six months, or the next 12 months. I think those events can be successful. They can be energizing. I actually just came back from some of them. And, but as you pointed that out, it can also be a bit ineffective. I think it can be a bit time consuming and quite expensive as well. And more importantly, it's only a few times a year. So it does imply a lot of spikiness in your business. And that is why digital solutions like FAIR, I think, are quite critical for brands but also for retailers to kind of smoothen the activity throughout the, throughout the year and to do it in a in a more efficient way
1: when you go to those events you're not in the scenario where um where the organizer of the event is going to help you with getting things across borders with doing the delivery with the payment terms with all those elements you mentioned earlier as being something you build into the platform so as well as helping people find The retailers they want to supply to and helping retailers vice versa, your platform is also making the whole transactional process an awful lot easier. Have you found that something which the creators are really appreciating?
2: Yeah, so we've been very lucky that our expansion through Europe so far has been going really well. Uh, And I think that is uh, due to the fact that those value propositions, those terms that we offer really resonate on both ends uh, for the makers, for the artisans, for the brands, and for the retailers. So that's absolutely critical. And I think it depends brand by brand or retailers, every retailer, you know, which ones are the most important for some of them. It's really around the free shipping. For others, it's about uh, the free duties. For others, it's just about just the explanation and education about how to actually do cross border. So it can really depend, but overall it's been helping a lot indeed.
1: Yeah. I, I can imagine because the, the average creator generally, you know, they've, they've come up with some great products and they want to be making the product. They don't want to be learning about all the ins and outs of the tax across the borders of Europe because um, who wants to be learning about that? Um, but obviously a crucial part, part of doing business. One of the things, Olivier, we've seen over the last 18 months, which we can't ignore when we're talking about the retail industry, is the pandemic. Your business has been close to you know key people who have been affected by all the lockdown impacts and consumer behavior changes. Have you found that that's made your platform more attractive to businesses and has accelerated the movement from physical trade shows to the more online operation?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think to, to your point, these past... 18 months, two years obviously have been really, really hard for the for the whole world, but specifically for this community. And from my standpoint, I find that it's been really impressive to see and to watch how the makers and the retailers have reacted in this context. I think we've been seeing a few a few trends, one of which is that makers and retailers have really continued uh, to innovate a lot and to adopt a lot of new operating strategies, a lot of new tools, a lot of new technologies. To that extent, that's where obviously uh, FAIR was very helpful uh, to brands and retailers initially in North America, and now in other parts of the, of the world. What I've seen as well is that many of them have adopted, adapted so well that actually I believe they are probably in a stronger position now than they used to be. Uh, And so that is also very energizing to watch.
1: Often out of adversity comes great creativity and great innovation. And I I can really see how a creator or a small independent retailer would want from now on to be combining some element of potentially those real world trade shows, but also platforms like yourself, because it gives them access to such a wider suite of products and a wider suite of wholesale customers. Because, you know, it's all about trying to find the perfect customer for that end product. So I I can see the platform, you know, going from strength to strength in this space.
2: Yes, I agree. And I think one of the key points also um, behind that trend is because we've built a system where the incentives and the interests are really well aligned. So, as you know, we we take a commission um, on sales from, from the brands and so... Our interests are fully aligned. We need brands to sell more and retailers to get more for us to do better. And that means that we're also obsessed with helping brands, helping retailers get better tools, get better technology, get better selection. And I think it's a very healthy model, uh, which contrasts with some of the terms of pressure that some of those brands may have been the victim of in in the past.
1: So both a new route to market and a new way of doing business. Now, something which we can't avoid talking about here either. We have to mention the pandemic. We also have to mention how that the consumer consciousness has changed. The end purchases, the consumer purchases, the products your makers are creating. There's been all these huge trends we've seen grow and accelerate over the last eighteen months around um, ethics and sustainability and morality, and how brands, you know, retailers want to. To be seen to be cl- more closely aligned to this, are you seeing that that's affecting what people are buying and how they're buying on your platform or, or even what the creators are making?
2: Absolutely on both ends. We've seen a lot of behavioural changes uh, over the past two years. Uh, we've tried to adapt and definitely the brands and retailers have adapted. You know, As an example, um, we have introduced uh, new filters and new values, which we think resonate even more with consumers nowadays, values and tags around quality made sustainability around artisan goods. Some of the most used filters in the past month have been eco-friendly, handmade, as well as not on Amazon. (laughs) And (laughs) and, um, we just ran a virtual trade show um, uh, called Fair Summer Market. And two of the most popular tags at that virtual fair were women-owned and handmade. So there, again, we're really seeing it happen. And to your point, we've also seen brands adapt in terms of products that they would uh, design and distribute. Uh, We've definitely seen a lot of new products, obviously, around masks, as you can imagine, and um, kids to do art at home and things like that. I think the other trend that we've seen is that just the shopping local, supporting independent retailers has just become stronger and stronger. That was probably already ongoing, but it has just accelerated. and um, I think as you may know, if you spend a hundred pounds uh, locally with your local shops, you have around sixty eight pounds that stay in the local community, as opposed to only around forty if you spend it at the national chain. I think consumers are very aware of that and we've seen that as well as an underlying trend over the past uh, year and a half.
1: I can imagine that would be a big trend too and I think it, it one of the things that strikes me is that you you're almost creating this this um hugely virtuous circle of activity because the the small independent retailer who has the customers who want to shop local the, you know, as a consumer, you want to shop local, but you also want to be kind of rewarded for shopping local because you find better products, more interesting products, unique products. So it doesn't surprise me at all that the tag "not on Amazon" is getting a lot of traction, because those local retailers they're looking to be different. You know, they don't want someone to be able to walk down down the high street and buy the product they're selling in another in a chain. They want it to be unique to them and that historically has taken an awful lot of time and shoe leather to find it. Whereas to be able to do it on a platform like yourselves is going to be saving that retailer a lot of time, but also upping the quality of the selection they're offering to their customer.
2: Yes, and that is definitely one of the key points that we keep hearing. Um, As I joined a fair a few months ago, I spent a lot of my time just talking to a lot of brands and a lot of retailers um independent shops uh, across europe and that's exactly uh, what we've been what we've been hearing you know having access to around 30,000 brands uh, across 80 countries is just a unique way to get access to a lot more selection and to do a lot more unique products than they could get access to before
1: do you find that a lot of the creators that you've got on the platform a lot of those brands who are creating these products are they are they selling a lot more cross border than they would have traditionally done you know the the creator in Yorkshire is now selling huge quantities to you know to places throughout Europe and maybe even the US whereas historically with the physical you know trade show model they would purely have been able to sell to, to the people who came to that trade, who are probably going to be the people in the same locality as themselves.
2: Yes, that is also a very, very fair point. Um, actually, so far, we've seen that 70% of the European sales on FAIR have been cross border and transatlantic. So we've really seen a lot of demand, a lot of appetite uh, for cross border goods. Um, I think. We had also around twenty thousand US retailers purchasing from international brands. So that's definitely what we're seeing. We're seeing activity within the country as well as within the region and across regions uh, at the moment, mostly between uh, Europe and the US and Canada.
1: And across those different geographic areas, are you seeing different product trends, or is it, or are we more? more, more um, homogenous is humanity in all these different places than we might think? Or are there, you know, very different buying habits in different areas?
2: We're definitely seeing some nuance uh, at country level, but also at regional level and even at city level. So that is definitely happening. And we are also seeing a lot of local retailers um, being excited to get access to some specific categories uh, from other countries. Uh, if I take an example, I've talked to a few um French retailers who are very excited about finding products for dogs, cats, pets in general from the US, uh, where they find that there is a lot of great brands doing amazing products. And so that is definitely also one of the trends that is happening that I was not expecting to see on the platform, uh, but we're seeing a lot of that.
1: I just kind of want to go and get hold of your data set and just spend a couple of days looking at it because it sounds absolutely fascinating what you're able to see happening in there. Taking it back up to the, the kind of the high level, it, it does strike me that you're serving an appetite that was already there, that there was already this desire among creators to connect more widely with retailers and for independent retailers to find a wider variety of product, but that just historically they didn't have an easy mechanism to do it. You know, you could trawl through Facebook pages or you could trawl through Google, but you might not find someone who was even willing to wholesale or who knew how to do it. Whereas now the technology's there, it's, it's serving a demand that was just waiting to be looked after.
2: Yes, uh, that is the case. We are very lucky indeed that there is this underlying need and underlying trend. And that is why the European expansion went really well from the get-go. Uh, we got very strong adoption from the early days, exactly for that reason, just because there is a need. It's interesting to see that that space of wholesale, specifically for independent brands and retailers, had been largely ignored by technology uh, until just a few years ago. And we had already seen that appetite in North America, and that is why we were confident and uh, impatient to bring that technology to, to, to other parts of the world.
1: You mentioned there that um, that Fair's fairly recently expanded from just being in the U.S. to this this European expansion, which is clearly going very well. But what was the the reasoning behind doing that for the business?
2: The mission of Fair was always to empower entrepreneurs, and specifically brands and retailers all around the world. So it was always the goal to, at some point, expand beyond North America. So there was no surprise uh, that we we started this expansion. Uh, But it took a bit of time. We spent around four years focused on North America, refining the value propositions, understanding really what resonated the most uh, with brands, with retailers, what was going to add most value to them. And then the plan was to expand to Europe in 2020. And we put those growth plans on hold uh, when the pandemic began. But as we saw that brands and retailers started, started recovering Quite quickly and started reopening throughout Europe. That's when we decided to put back those uh, plans on the on the table, and uh, that's how we started the expansion initially with the UK, and then with the uh, rest of Europe uh, over the past few months.
1: Olivier, I wish you and everyone at Fair all the luck in the world. I'm not sure you're going to need it, but all the luck in the world to expand ever further, because clearly both the creator and the small independent retailer are benefiting a huge amount from what you're doing. So thank you for sparing the time to join us on this podcast episode.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: For anyone listening who wants to know more about buying or selling via FAIR or to get in contact with you, where should they go? How can they do that?
2: You can find us on web, on fair.com. We also have a mobile app, which is live in most countries. These are probably the most efficient ways. And then you can follow FAIR on social media uh, or just reach out to us with all the contact forms on the website.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Olivier. And for everyone um, listening, that's FAIR, spelt F-A-I-R-E dot com. That's where you'll find it. And I think it's, it's so excellent to see Technology enabling creators to take their products to another level, whilst also satisfying that phenomenal demand amongst independent retailers to have that new, interesting, different product from everyone else. If you'd like to know more about my e-commerce focus podcast, then just head to chloe.link.com forward slash ff. That's short for Future Focus. And thank you all for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to Future Focus, the UK at Expo podcast series. Look out for more podcasts in the series or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you want to stay up to date with all things UK Pavilion, links to our social media channels can be found in the episode description.